Ho, ho, ho! And welcome to... I'm sorry, Matt, I shouldn't have done that. I think you did that last year and cocked it up as well. Did I? It's very likely. Um, Welcome, everyone, to uh, Neither the Time Nor the Space, uh, a podcast about Doctor Who. We're feeling very festive this week, aren't we, Matt? Yeah. It's Christmas Day, David. (laughs) Yes, it is indeed. Merry Christmas to you and your kin. Yes, uh, like Now bring me some figgy pudding. <laughs> what is figgy pudding? I think it's just Christmas pudding, isn't it? That's got figs in it. I suppose. All sorts I, don't, of... I don't think it does have figs in it, is the thing, it's though. It's got all... a lot of dried fruit. But... I hate dried fruit, David. I hate Christmas mm. cake, but I love Christmas pudding. That's baffling to me. Yeah. Love a mince pie as well. And I'll tell you oh. what, David, it's Christmas Day. I am stuffed with mince pies. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. I mean, uh, we should probably uh, pull the curtain back here for our listeners. We're recording this on the 1st of December. Oh, uh, man. We the illusion is shattered. Weren't we? I yeah. haven't even made my favourite Christmas joke. Guess what I saw this morning? What did you see this morning, Matt? Uh, three ships come sailing in. Oh, yeah. You, you, you know uh, Good King Wenceslas, David? Yes. Do you know how he likes his pizza? We all know how he likes his pizza, man. Deep and crisp and even. Yeah. What a great yeah. joke to share on this Christmas morn. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're getting this one in the bank nice and early so we can have a couple of weeks off. Um, but we are, it, it, we are doing something quite special today, something very exciting, something... Uh, that I've been waiting for a good opportunity for us to uh, take a peek at. And that is the 1999 comic relief spoof, if you like. Mm. Um, The Curse of Fatal Death. And this was a special treat for me, Matt, because I'd never watched it before. Oh, wow. I, it, it's it's a weird thing, but I've been aware of it for years. But I kind of just wanted to keep it in my back pocket. Yeah. Um, you know, and t- today uh, seemed seemed like the perfect opportunity to finally give it a whirl. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about the curse of fatal death. Very be- much looking forward to it. Before we get there, David. Yes. May May I be serious for a minute? Of course you may. Okay. So, one of the reasons we are doing this episode mm-hmm. is we agreed if we reached a set total for this year's Wheelie Big Quiz, we'd give it a go. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to talk about Wheelie Big Quiz for a moment. Of course. Because we, we have our fun, don't we, David? We, we love like a laugh, so. we love a jape, but... I was speaking to someone today, and I just said it's the only time of year that our podcast actually does anything good. <laughs> so, as it stands on this 1st of December, yep. our mind-blowing total, David, is £519.70. That is ludicrous. It's mad, isn't it? That's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, huge... Thanks to everyone who has donated. Um, we, we didn't even do prizes that go that high because we just didn't assume we would ever reach that point. <laughs> no, not in, a, not in a million years would I have thought we'd, we'd, we'd raise that much. So I wanted to say some thank yous, David. Of course. 
So I wanted to say thank you to all our podcast friends that have helped by sharing and promoting the We The Big Quiz. Mm -hmm. In particular, I'd like to say, and you can say hello if you want, David. I'll say Merry Christmas, actually, today. I'll give it a go. Can you say Merry Christmas to My Adventures in Space and Time? Merry Christmas, My Adventures in Space and Time. Say Merry Christmas to the Cloister Bell. Merry Christmas, Cloister Bell. Say Merry Christmas to the All of Time and Space podcast. Merry Christmas, All of Time and Space podcast. Say Merry Christmas to Who Can Convince You. Merry Christmas, Who Can Convince You. And say a Merry Christmas to our friends overseas at the Married to Who podcast. Merry Christmas, Married to Who. I sent Married to Who's Christmas present off today, David. Oh, exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, as always. Yeah. Right, yeah. now, it would take forever if you said Merry Christmas to everyone that has donated. So I'm going to run through a list of names, David. You just say Merry Christmas at the end if you want. Okie dokie. Although, as I'm reading them, I'd like you to pick one person to just say a special Merry Christmas to. Right. Okay. okay. So, we had Big Fish. We had Simon. BT Flibbity Giggard. Mark from the All of Time and Space podcast. Jacobus X. The Who Can Convince You podcast. Ariel. And our friend Andy. Merry Christmas to you all. I notice how you didn't pick one individual to say Merry Christmas to. That, seem, that seems uh, unfair to the others, doesn't it? Can I say some special donations? Yeah, of course. Okay, because we had a couple of special donations, David, from the members of the Marty McLean Hall of Fame. It wouldn't be Christmas oh. without them. Marty, Marty, Marty. Marty, 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 Marty. M-A-R-T-Y. M-A-R-T-Y. Marty, 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 Marty. Marty. Marty, 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 Marty. So we had a donation from Jessica Wummel. Say Merry Christmas, David. Merry Christmas, Jessica Wummel. Uh, we had... A donation from the great man himself, Mr. Marty McLean. Uh, Merry Christmas, Marty. Okay. Now, David, this last one's a special one. Mm -hmm. I hope you sat comfortably. I am indeed. Because today, the 1st of December, we received the largest donation in Wheelie Big Quiz history. Did we? We did. And I'm awkwardly just going to load the page up. Uh, it's going to take me a while to load it up because I was too busy sending memes to Sam from the Married to Who podcast. <laughs> okay, so today's donation, David, was 100 American dollary dues. Crikey. And that donation came from Sonia Vazbrun. Say a very special Merry Christmas to Sonia, David. Merry Christmas indeed, Sonia. Thank you so much. Can you hear that noise, David? Mm -hmm. It's not sleigh bells ringing. It's not chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> it's
is the sound of the doors of the Martin McLean Hall of Fame opening. <laughs> I would like to induct the fourth ever member of the Martin McLean Hall of Fame, Sanya Vazbroon. Ah, uh, congratulations. And on the Welcome. little plaque in her wing, it'll say, for being very generous and kind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, a, what an honour. What an honour. What an exclusive club. Yeah, you remember, David. What do you think it says on your little plaque? Oh, I've no idea. Uh, Still haven't received it. Well. Been waiting ages. It's like the Hollywood Hall of Fame. If you send me £100, <laughs> I might make something happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, as we say, we're recording this a bit in advance, but maybe there have been some other donations in the meantime. Uh, if we haven't said Merry Christmas to you today, uh, please take it as read that we wish you a Merry Christmas as well. Um, are, are, when, when will we be officially uh, uh, closing for donations this, this year, Matt? If you will are be... listening to this, this is on Christmas Day... Maybe yeah. you're peeling, peeling some potatoes or some sprouts. This will be the final day. Basically, right. as of today, we won't be promoting the Wheelie Big Quiz or anything anymore. But right. donations remain open afterwards. Mm -hmm. If you wanted, go in and donate to last year's Wheelie Big Quiz. <laughs> it's still there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think what we'll probably do is we'll... Uh, the, the 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 first time we'll be re-recording together after Christmas will be our Spyfall, um, our first episode of Series 12, um, which I think will come out on the 8th of January. Maybe, so a yeah. couple of couple of weeks hence from when you're listening to this, listeners. Um, so we'll probably do a final Weedy Big Quiz roundup and, you know, let everyone know what the final total was and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, we, we haven't mentioned for a while as well the... £25 special pick uh, donation. Mm. So anyone anyone who um, uh, donates £25 or more, whether that's cumulative or in one fell swoop or whatever, um, we give them the option to uh, pick a topic for a bonus episode that we'll be doing in 2022. Um, and I'm very excited about some of those, but we will talk about those at more length, I think, in the new year. Um, yeah, there's been some good suggestions. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, there's going to be some fantastic stuff. So there'll be even more of this nonsense for you to look forward to next no, year. Nobody suggested anything like fickle. Mm. I'm still uh, amazed that nobody's picked lung barrow. I w I will say again. I I look. I let me be clear. I really want somebody to pick Lumbar. <laughs> Just because I'll when, never uh, read it otherwise. I think it was when Martin McLean made his suggestions. He was like, you can do the Australian K9 series or Lungbarrow. <laughs> I was like, I think we'll just watch K9. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's still up for grabs if you want to. Yeah. But obviously... Um, no one's even suggested anything non-Doctor Who related. Well, Imagine if someone was like... I don't know. We want you to watch this opera. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, Matt, most of the people listening to this podcast, unlike you, are Doctor Who fans. Yeah. Can someone pay £25 and suggest David watches Hamilton again? Oh, God. I watched half of it. Surely that's enough to get the gist. 
Some of the good songs are in the second half, yeah. man. I'm probably going to spend Christmas Day watching Hamilton. Well, each to their own, Matt. Each yep. to their own. Um, Is there anything else we need to talk about? I don't want to do television highlight, David, because well, it'll just be the Queen's speech, won't it? So <laughs> we'll move on from that. Um, do, do you have a particular favourite, like, Christmas TV show? Um, the thing I... Uh, the, I watch most often, though not every year, is uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. That's mm-hmm. that's one that's really guaranteed to get me feeling festive. Um, I'm not a big, I'm not big a fan of just like rewatching stuff for the sake of rewatching it. I don't even tend to rewatch the Chris the Doctor Who Christmas specials very often. See, last year was. We spent Christmas at my wife's grandparents' house. And, like, it was, you know, it was away from my family. And I was the first one that woke up and I went downstairs on my own. And it's not that I was sad. It was just like, I, you know, yeah. I, was, I wish my family were here. And I watched the Father Christmas, you know, with David Bellamy doing the voice. Oh, is that the uh, the Raymond Briggs animated? Yeah. Ah, that is a good and, one. Uh, I had a real Christmas moment watching yeah. that. What a, what a great little shot. Yeah, it is fantastic. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that's, that is a cracking one. I used to have that on VHS along with The Snowman. It was like, a you know, the two of them on one video. Um, so that was a bit of a go-to for a few years when I was a nipper. Ah, nice, nice. Um uh, are you going to belt out a few lines of walking in the air? Uh, no, no, I don't think I am. I think we're going to move on because um, we've talked a lot about the Weedy Big Quiz, but there is still one more round of it to go. There is. And we're turning the tables this week, listeners. Um, this week, Matt, are you sitting comfortably? Do you know what? I actually am. I hate the chair that I record this podcast in. I absolutely hate it. During lockdown, I think it gave me some sort of spine shank. I've never talked about it on pod, but I absolutely hate the chair that I sit in. Oh, dear. So, to answer your question, no, I'm not sitting comfortably, but I am in high spirits and excited for this week's quiz. Excellent. Let's do it. Really big quiz. All right then, Matt. Um, I've uh, I've prepared some questions for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're using the traditional six categories of the Weedy Big Quiz. Okay. Um, and you might notice something of a theme emerging. Who knows? Um, they're not all about people called David, like when bloody James and James <laughs> did theirs. What they are not all about people called David. Um, right. So, let's do it. Question one, from the category of Time Lords. In the Sixth Doctor's first adventure, The Twin Dilemma, he encounters a fellow Time Lord by the name of Asmael. But what what was the alias that Asmael went by? Uh, It's multiple choice, if you want to. I'm glad I was struggling. So, 
your choices are Professor Bernard Quatermass, Professor Bernard Barnard, Professor Bernard Edgeworth. I'll retake that. Mossy, come here. Professor Bernard Edgeworth or Professor Bernard Breslau? I'm going to go with Quatermass. Without the multiple choice, I wouldn't have got it, but I'm certain if it's not Quatermass, I'm certain we had a conversation about what a Quatermass is or something when we recorded. Mm. So you're going with Quatermass? Yes, please. Okay, I'm afraid the correct answer was Bernard Edgeworth. Professor Bernard Quatermass is a different British science fiction character. Oh, I knew mm. we'd, we'd talked about him at some point. Yeah, that was a sneaky old red herring for me there. Um, mm. So, question two is companions. In The Twin Dilemma, the sixth Doctor is accompanied by his companion, Perry Brown, but what is her first name short for? Is it Perpigillium, Periwinkle, Petronella... Or perspicacity. Now, I'm certain from having having read the book. I don't think this is uh, addressed in the actual show. I don't think she goes by her full title in the Twin Dilemma. Mm. But I'm certain because I didn't know know how to pronounce this. It's perpagillium. That is correct, Matt. Yeah. I couldn't work out if it was like Perpagwilliam or Gilliam. <laughs> it is, a, even when you look at it written down, it is a very awkward word. No wonder she goes by Perry. Um, mm. So, that's uh, one in the bag for you there, Matt. Um, question three from the category Episodes and Stories. I wonder which story. In the 2014 50th anniversary Doctor Who magazine poll, the Twin Dilemma was again voted as the worst ever Doctor Who story. But which of these new Who stories also made it to the bottom ten? Okay, here we go. Is it Love and Monsters? Quite possibly. The Curse of the Black Spot? Quite possibly. The Doctor, the Widow and the Wardrobe? No, that's the best of the ones so far. Or The Rings of Akaten? No, no, that was quite a good one. Uh, remind me the first two again. Love and Monsters. Or Curse of the Black Spot. Uh, I honestly don't know. Love and Monsters is bad in a funny way. And Curse of the Black Spot is bad because it's quite boring. I'm going to go Love and Monsters. You think it rubbed Doctor Who fans up the wrong way? Yeah... Yeah, good choice, good choice. Incorrect. The correct answer is the Rings of Akaten. What? Yeah, it's in the bottom ten. It's one of two New Who stories in the bottom ten. The other one was Fear Her. I thought Fear Her was a bit too obvious. But Rings of Akaten's the one with the big speech yeah. at the end, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But you've got to bear in mind what was the, the Doctor Who magazine readership like in 2014. Well, same as it is today, a bunch <laughs> of bloody clowns. Um, but yeah, all all of the all of the options listed there were near the bottom, 
but Rings of Akaten was was the the second worst uh, rated Doctor Who story, uh, uh, New Who story after Fear Her. Well, colour me surprised. Mm, yeah, I was too when I saw that. Um, so, your fourth question, Matt, from the category Years and Dates. According to the novelisation of The Twin Dilemma, in which year was the adventure set? Oh. Was it 1860? The Space Year 2000? 2310 or 3420? 2310 jumps out at me. I think it's between that and the year 2000. I'm going to go with 2310. You would be correct, Matt. Yeah. Well done. Um, So, question five from the category of Monsters. What was the name of the leader of the gastropods in Colin Baker's first story, The Twin Dilemma? You are joking me, aren't you? Was it? That. Go no, on. If you, don't, if you don't need the multiple choice, go for it. I believe the answer is Nestor. Are you sure you don't want the multiple choice, Matt? Uh, I'll take the multiple choice just to validate my answer. So but... your options are Lestor, Mestor, Nestor. Or Pestor? I think it's Nestor. With an N. With an N for Norman. I'm so sorry, Matt. The answer is Mestor. You're joking me. Yeah. You're bloody joking me. I've been calling him Nestor for years. Um, I'll, I'll double check it. Because you've got me, you've got me worried now. I don't want to... to it's messed up. It is. It's messed up. Yeah. Well, I'm so sorry. Can I just apologise to Mestor that I've been getting his name wrong all this time? <laughs> Even when you wrote it, uh, read it, you know, written down, presumably I'll have multiple to check times. My own notes. I can't even remember which notebook it'll be mm. in. Well, I'm really upset because I like the twin dilemma, and I've proven myself to be nothing if not a charlatan. You're a fake fan. Of the twin dilemma. Yeah. Um, Bloody plastic. We've got we got one more question left though, Matt. There's still hope for you oh. yet. Uh, so, cast, crew, and beyond is the category. Oh. Okay. The actor Kevin McNally has recently yep. received high praise from Doctor Who fans for his guest star role in Doctor Who Flux. Yeah. But what part did he play in 1984's classic serial? The twin dilemma. He was the spit, the space policeman, wasn't he? Okay, I'm going to need a name. You, you've got multiple choice options, though. So your options are Mestor, Romulus, Asmael, or Hugo Lang. Hugo Lang. You are correct, Matt. Well done. Yeah. So that, I believe, is three out of six. Uh, possibly, yeah. yeah. You got Perry right, you got the, the year right, and you got that one right. Um, so the question is, Matt, do you want to gamble? Oh, yeah, always. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Okay, um, so I... Is this what every week's like for yeah. you? This is a high... I, I understand gambling addiction. <laughs> so, because you got three questions right, I don't have notes, obviously... 
but I am going to read from you the uh, the first three sentences from the plot description of, on Wikipedia of a classic Doctor Who serial that we have watched. Right. I will omit the names of. I, I, I'll omit the the number of the the Doctor because that's a bit too much of a giveaway. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but other than that, I'll, I'll read exactly as it is uh, taken from the uh, plot synopsis, which has a warning at the top on Wikipedia saying that the plot summary may be too long or excessively detailed. <laughs> uh, I love Doctor Who fans. <laughs> um, so, uh, your first sentence. After his regeneration, the Doctor starts behaving erratically. Okay. See, the thing is, part of me was like, that could just be Spearhead from Space. Yeah, <laughs> it could, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, so, your second sentence. He goes to the wardrobe, looking for a new outfit, and finds a glaring, mismatched, brightly coloured coat, to which he immediately takes a shine. Right, well, that narrows it down, because, obviously... In Spearhead from Space, he steals all his clothes. He does, yeah. Um, Perry tells him that he could not go outside wearing such awful garb, to which the Doctor takes offence. Okay, yeah. I see where this is well, going. Well, that's your three sentences, Matt, so it's up right. to, it, you've got to give me an answer. I'm going to have to press uh, you on I, I'm, I'm going to show my hand here, David. Yeah. I believe it is the 1996 Doctor Who television movie. <laughs> are you are you being serious right now, Matt? No, yeah. of course not. Okay, you had me genuinely yeah. worried for a second. I didn't know how to react. <laughs> Can I please say my correct answer, David? Yeah. Which is Tomb of the Cybermen. <laughs> uh, we could do this all we night. Did. It's Twin Dilemma. It is Twin Dilemma. Of course it's Twin Dilemma. Uh, I just thought we, we, you know, we know you're a fan. I wanted to show it a bit of love. I, I, I wish I knew in advance and I could have done some revision. <laughs> just treated yourself to another watch of the Twin Dilemma. Yeah. Have I, have I still got the book of that? No, you sent it, you send it to I... uh, one of our listeners. Yeah, but I think... Did I buy two copies? <laughs> Only a super fan like you would think to do that. I'm certain I bought one mm-hmm. and then gave it away, forgetting that I bought a second one for you. <laughs> but by then it was too late. So I, I might have given that away as well. Who knows? Who knows? I'm going to have to buy it again, aren't I? Yeah, single-handedly keeping the Twin Dynema novelization market afloat. <sighs> yeah. It... It's so good. But at the same time, I stand by my comment that all Doctor Who is... All old Doctor Who mm. is crap. Yes. Anyway, since we're recording this, this will be the first recording we've done, David, since the end of Doctor Who Flux. You mentioned it earlier. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. What an ending. Who saw that coming? Yeah, incredible stuff. Absolutely yeah. incredible stuff. I mean, I mean, must... I I thought I couldn't be any more amazed, and then I saw that. Yeah, I mean, and when the thing happened to those people, <laughs> wow. Yeah, 
I, you know, there's there's scenes in 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 it that will be forever emblazoned on my retinas. I feel like just yeah. stunning stuff. Um, I just want to echo the sentiments I put out in a tweet today, David. I can't I can't stop thinking about the flux finale. I hope Chris Chibnall absolutely nukes the law beyond all repair. I want him to absolutely wreck the show and walk away. I would love it. I want to wake up Monday morning to a fandom in crisis. I would love it. <laughs> Get it destroyed, Chibbers, on your way out. I mean, he had a jolly good crack at it last time, so if anyone's going to do it, it'll be him. And you know what? I'd probably love it too, Matt. I'd love it. Like, I cannot... David, that would be like sustenance mm. to me. I wouldn't eat till the new year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think I'd take a day off work to celebrate. Uh, if he just absolutely wrecks everything. Yeah. You know, if it turned out that, like... Let, let's speculate. Something absolute... Like, if Davros had been the doctor all along... And the master was the doctor, and everyone's the doctor. Like, just blow it out the water. <laughs> well, you'll have to wait and, and see, the... won't you, Matt? It's. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not far off for us. Uh, a few months, we'll get there. A few months. I wonder how. I'm probably going to squeeze a rewatch in before, before we do it for the podcast. Can, can, can I uh, make an admission today? Go for it. So, I was driving home today listening to a podcast yeah, and my phone kind of ticked over to the next podcast mm-hmm. on my list and it was Married to Who reviewing Village of the Angels. Right. I didn't listen to their review because like that's spoilers but I like listening to the bit at the beginning where they were chatting and David, they're mad at us. Jake is mad at us. Why? Because last year he bought us uh, all of Torchwood to watch and we haven't watched any of it. <laughs> Well, it's it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I hope you're having a nice Christmas, Jake. And we'll we'll get there. We will. We will indeed. Uh, like, after after Flux, we've got like two years till it starts properly again. Yeah, pretty much. It, we, we've got to fill that time somehow. Um, I mean, we could just end the podcast, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never. 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 <laughs> Maybe, maybe Matt, when we have done all of Torchwood, every classic serial, the Peter Cushing not, um, movies, maybe all of the Virgin New Adventure novels. Mm. But then there's Big Finish, isn't there? I, in a few years, you're going to find my car at the bottom of a lake because I'll have faked my own <laughs> death to get out of this podcast. <laughs> Think of the listeners. Nah, screw them. I want my Saturday mornings back. <laughs> or in this case, Tuesday evenings. Yeah. Speaking of which, shall we get it over and done with, eh? The yeah. curse of fatal death. Right. We've not, we've so not solicited this... any listener opinions on this, have we? Or have we? No, by now, that is dead. Oh, right. Of course. <laughs> right. Don't forget, you had the opportunity yeah. to bring it back if you drank a pint of beans and you refused. I did. So I stand by my This decision. is on you. Okay. I accept no responsibility. Don't forget, in this podcast, David, you're the organ grinder. I'm just the monkey. <laughs> I tell you what, it does not feel that way. Um, 
But anyway, yes. Uh, tell me, Matt. When when was Curse of Fatal Death broadcast? Who wrote it? All of that gubbins. Okay. Oh, it sounds like you don't like it when I do that bit. That's another feature that's dead in the new year, David. <laughs> oh, no, I like it. It teases up nice. I'm just going to go, Curse of Fatal Death. The master threatens the doctor. Yeah. And we'll just go for it. Right, so this is the 12th of March, 1999. What a year. Okay, it's the uh, one of the best. Yeah. Do you remember all of that excitement about the year 2000? That... I remember being at home and just being like, if I can't go to the Millennium Dome, Mum... I will cry. <laughs> Did he go? Uh, I've never once been. No. Oh, no. I once went. Uh, so the only time I've ever been to the Millennium Dome, and I think I've been twice, maybe, I would have to check, was to go watch the Ultimate Fighting Championship, the UFC. Well, that's one more times than me you've been. Yeah. And I tell you what, you know how big it looks? Yeah. It's a lot bigger when you sat right at the back trying to watch two men have a scrap in a ring miles away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does seem an impractically large uh, venue for, for something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, this was written by Stephen Moffat. It was. Which is interesting, yeah. isn't it? Where would you rank this as his finest work? Um, oh, it's got to be near the top, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, okay. Um, should we just uh, should we should we should we do the usual ranking? Good episode, bad episode. How 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 do you feel about the Curse yeah. of Fatal Death? I, I was going to say it's directed by John Henderson, yeah. but screw him. <laughs> we don't need to talk about him, David. Sorry, I forgot. But uh... not after what he's been up to. <laughs> um, Good episode, bad episode. I I probably would have quite liked this when it came out, but I don't know. Some of the jokes didn't really land for me. Some of them are a bit dated. Yeah, I thought. definitely. There's, there's one line in particular that when I heard it, I immediately didn't like it. And I'll point it out. Yeah. I'll point it yeah. out. I, I would say... Um... Whilst this 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 is fascinating because it does definitely point towards some of the sort of concepts that that Moffat would play with when he's actually writing Doctor Who proper, and that's fascinating. Um, this is very much the Stephen Moffat that wrote Coupling, mm. rather than the Stephen Moffat that wrote Blink. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. If I was saying this, I'd maybe... Would I go back... I might even go bad episodes on good bits. Yeah, I'm, I'm right on the middle. Because it, I, on the one hand, like, the the level of affection for the source material is obvious, but also it's not taking that seriously. Like, a lot of fans trying to write a parody of Doctor Who would just be too precious about it. And Moffat mm. isn't being precious here. And that's certainly, you know, something to to be glad of, I think. Um, but also, it it kind of, it does... It very much feeds into that general sense that by, by the late 90s, Doctor Who was essentially just a, a, a joke in terms of the British consciousness, you know. 
Yeah, because how long would it have been off the air? Oh, I suppose best, almost a yeah, decade. Yeah, about best part of 10 years, not including the McGann movie, but that was, you know, a bit of a swing and a miss. So it, I think a lot of a lot of fans, after the failure of the McGann movie, pretty much assumed Doctor Who was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was, you know, a, it's almost kind of like a, Ah, we had some fun, didn't we, lads? Kind of vibe to this episode. Yeah. Um, it's it's fascinating. It's so weird because because it's Ron Atkinson. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of like some of like the Blackadder parodies and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I, it it's very. It, it treats Doctor Who like if they'd done this, but it was, say, Pride and Prejudice with loads of jokes put in. Yeah. Like, it's exactly the same, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it. it, it <coughs> yeah, it is fairly respectful to Doctor Who, I think. It's certainly not. It's certainly not coming from a place of like, oh, Doctor Who was just shit and anyone who likes it was an idiot. <laughs> Um, I mean, at the time, technically true. <laughs> but but by the same token, it's um, yeah, it's not taking itself uh, remotely seriously. Uh, but yeah, it's just a very strange piece, and, and and as we said, so much a product of its time that it, it's hard for me to just to just fully go. Oh, what a treat this is. Because there were mm. so many points at which I was just sort of wincing a bit at it, yeah. to be honest. Um, but hey-ho, um, there's still, I think, plenty for us to discuss, so let, let's get stuck in, shall we? Right. Just before we start, I want to point out, this episode's only, what, 20, 25 minutes? Uh, yes. Yep. I wrote more notes on this episode than I did for Resolution. <laughs> Then I did for, let me go back, there's one episode I didn't write very much for. Oh, don't, oh no, don't. Battle of Ranskorath Kolos? No, I wrote a fair bit for, oh, Sunanga Conundrum. Oh yeah, yeah, you'd struggle to, to, to squeeze more than a couple of paragraphs after that one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, certainly it has a lot of Moffat's hallmarks, uh, not least of which is density of ideas. Hmm. Shall we just jump into Let's it? Let's do it. Right, so The Master. Played by? Did you recognise Jonathan Price? Jonathan Price. Known as the High Sparrow mm. from Game of Thrones? Uh, genuinely would make a brilliant master, I think. Yeah. He looked well in the role here. Yeah. I mean, I know he was a lot younger than he is now. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, the master we get from here is a very silly, hammy, over-the-top master. But I could imagine imagine him doing a very cold, calculating master, more akin to Delgado. Mm-hmm. I think that would be quite lovely, but uh, I don't. I doubt we'll see it at this point. So the master threatens the doctor from the master's own TARDIS. Did the master used to have a TARDIS? Yeah. Was it ever dis? Guised as a war memorial that was defaced by the Doctor. <laughs> or is that just the Rani? Just the Rani, I believe. Right. So, 
the master outlines that he set a trap and the doctor basically says, look, if you're going to threaten me, turn your microphone off. I've heard your entire plan. Yeah. Strong opening Which, gag. Yeah. And then he says, okay. And he turns it off and laughs and threatens the doctor again. And the doctor just goes, no, that's just a video. I can still hear you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the doctor says, look, we have to meet. I've got news. And the master says, yeah, because I'm going to plot my deadly vengeance of deadly revenge. Mm-hmm. And from there, we are introduced to Emma, the doctor's new companion. Yes, played by? Uh, Julius Waller. Yep. And we finally see the doctor, played by Ron Atkinson. Mm-hmm. Now, and I- how, how, how do you think Rowan Atkinson could have been a good, genuine... Doctor. Uh, yeah, if he dialed it back a bit, because he basically just plays Blackadder. He here, does he? rather. He does rather. I'd, I'd love to see what he would do with an actual serious Doctor Who script. Mm. Right, I do love Blackadder, and I do love the sarcastic tone of Blackadder. Mm. But yeah, if he was playing the Doctor, he'd have to dial it back a bit. Yeah. So they land on the planet Tercium. Mm-hmm. Uh. The Tercerites all used to communicate through farting. Ha 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 ha. Yes. Yeah. And they all died when they discovered fire. Yes. Ha 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 ha. ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that was the first yeah. bit that probably didn't land for me. Uh, see, I still thought that's just like a bit of childish humor. I mean, yeah, it's not as bad as some of the stuff that's to come, but it, it is just, it's, it really is like fart jokes are the absolute l- lowest hanging fruit of any oh, comedy yeah. writer. Oh, yeah. Right. So, the master traps them, and because there's a rotating wall of spikes, but the Doctor had gone back in time and r- spoken to the architect. This bit goes on a little bit too long, doesn't it? Because he'd replaced it with a sofa yeah. instead of spikes, so he sat on a, comf- a mildly comfortable sofa. Yeah. But then the master drops a massive block on him because he'd gone back in time and bribed mm-hmm. the architect. But then the block's got a door in it because the doctor had gone back even further. And it just goes on and yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what I think is interesting about this bit is that, one, it, it's it's very reminiscent of, of Moffat's general tendency to milk an idea for absolutely all it's worth. Um, and the way in which... You know, time travel in classic Who was, for the majority of the time, a means to an end rather than a a plot mechanic in its own right. It was just a means of getting to the story rather than something that would, would, would drive the story. What we're seeing straight away is Moffat is fascinated by the idea of time travel and how that can have story implications. Um so it's really interesting to see that coming up so early. Um, and yeah, I, I actually quite like it. I, I like a joke. I, I like it when comedy writers take an idea and stretch it slightly too far. If you do it in, in long enough, you can, you can, you can achieve that beautiful thing of it's funny. Then it stops being funny. Then it starts being funny again because of the sheer audacity of you're just not you're not quitting this idea. You're just going to keep ramping it up, um, 
and I think I think they get they they manage to get to that point here by the end of it. So the doctor is sick of quarries. Yeah. And says he wants to retire. He plans to marry Emma. Yeah. But the master has trapped them on a trap door. <coughs> yeah. And in the most predictable of all the jokes, when he pulls the lever, it opens beneath himself. And the doctor had paid the architect that built this building to move yeah. it. Yeah. Now, it's worth... Po- Let's just talk for a second about the fact that the doctor is planning to marry his companion. Like... Again, that is, that is such a Stephen Moffat thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, prior to basically, Stephen Moffat was the first, first writer to seriously write the Doctor as horny. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this. Moffat's a dirty boy. <laughs> he definitely is. Um, but it's it's fine, you know. I, I think. That it's obviously it's to factor in something like the Doctor Dances, the Empty Child, the first proper Doctor Who story he writes. It's it's not hell. It's not handled in anywhere near the same degree of crassness as it is is here. But you know, it it kind of it it does address this idea of like you know this this ancient being hundreds of years old. What makes you think that they would never have any kind of romantic leanings? Um, so, uh, and that obviously that reaches its natural conclusion with River Song. You know, yes, yeah, yeah. Moffat is the writer to actually give the Doctor a genuine wife. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah, it's it's really weird, isn't it? All these things kind of coming full circle. Yeah, like when you've got the bigger picture. Yeah. When you know where everything's leading. Yeah. It definitely definitely not coincidence, is no, it? No, no, definitely not. Right. So the master immediately reappears. Mm-hmm. But it turned out it had taken him three hundred and twelve years to climb back up, get into his TARDIS, and come back to this exact moment. Okay, so he's aged ever so slightly. You know, he's got longer hair, a big scruffy beard. Um, And as he does, he also brings with him the Daleks. Mm -hmm. Because the Master is now part Dalek. Um, He has the Dalek bumps on his chest. Yes. Oh, no, is it not? First of all, he's got the plunger hand. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. I'll retake that. So... The Master brings the Daleks with him because he is now part Dalek. He's got uh, just a pointless plunger hand. Yes. Yeah. And the thing is, I know the Dalek stalk looks like a plunger, but it's a big gun, isn't it? Um, we've got. Some... Or is it their eyepiece? I'm certain I've seen them shoot from it before. Uh, they sh- they've got the, you've got the whisk and you've got the plunger. The whisk is the gun. Yeah. The plunger. We've seen do a variety of things. It's more akin to an actual hand. Um, the, yeah, we've seen it like absorb people's faces and stuff. Yeah, that the, there was that one. There's that one very iconic moment in Rob Rob Sherman's Dalek, uh, where the the scientist guy says, "What are you going to do? Sucker me to death?" 
and then it, it, it does yes, exactly right. that. Um, right. But this is at, at this stage the 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 plungers had had never really been established to do anything remotely um, useful. Right. So the master then charges at the doctor, but immediately falls back down the hole. Yeah. I, I quite like that. The, the way it was, I thought it was executed very nicely, that, that Prattful. So he reappears 312 years later, yeah. and this time he's knocked back down the hole by a Dalek. Yeah. Again, was really and nicely done. The final time he reappears, he's got a Zimmer frame with him. Yeah. And as the Doctor goes to leave, he opens a door, and there are loads of Daleks. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. So that's, that's where part one concludes yes. okay we then have part two where Emma asks why the Daleks never kill the doctor yeah it's a good point it is they always tie him up but what are they ever planning to do with him yeah they just they just like to explain all of their evil plans and then let him let him thwart them and the master now has become more Dalek as he has Dalek bumps for breasts. Yes. Yeah. Right, we'll come back to that in a bit. <laughs> we will. We will. Right. You know what? For, when... for the... Okay, you probably wouldn't do that gag now, right? But No, absolutely. I have to admit, I think it was more Price's performance because he's not like... He's not going overboard with it, but the way he just sort of stands with his hands on his hips just... <laughs> proudly revealing his Dalek Yes, yeah, that's it. He is proud of them rather than repulsed, <laughs> yeah, isn't and it? that that does make it quite funny. So, whenever there's a plot hole, the Doctor just says, I'll explain later. Yes. I did quite like that. Yes, thing. yeah, again, it's it's a good, good sort of recurring motif in this second half. Uh, because, like, yeah, that... That it, it, that that is very on the nose in terms of classic Who. Like there are there, there are even the most beloved classic Who stories. There's stuff where you just kind of have to wave it away as as oh I'll explain later. <laughs> and then I, I don't know. know if, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but within my circle of friends, we have a similar phrase that absolutely drives me insane. If you ask any of my friends any question. They always, including myself, I do it to them as well. Just go, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> so you, so you could say like, oh, uh, what time is it? And everyone will just go, oh, don't worry about it. But then, if you try and answer that question or solve it yourself and get it wrong, everyone then tells you to educate yourself, uh -oh. and it frustrates me no end. Yeah. So like, I'll say like, oh, what time are we meeting on Friday? And everyone will go, don't worry about it. So then I'll randomly guess and go, oh, is it half seven? And then they go, why don't you educate yourself? We're meeting at eight. And it doesn't mean anything, but it re like it is the worst thing that can happen to you in my friendship group Yeah, is somebody tell you to educate yourself. I would not cope with that. That yeah. would drive, absolutely drive me up the wall. Yeah. So, whenever we hang out, you'll be like going, oh, what are we doing for lunch? And everyone will go, oh, you know, don't worry about it. So you'll say, oh, are we, are we going out? We're having pub lunch? And then someone will just go, why don't you educate yourself? We're having a barbecue. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah. 
It's infuriating. Sounds it. Right, so the Doctor then begins to communicate with the Master because the Doctor learns that when the Daleks have succeeded in whatever it is that they're planning to do, they'll also get rid of the Master. Mm -hmm. So they communicate in Tercian because Daleks have no sense of smell, yeah. so they just fart at each other for a bit. Yeah. Now, this kind of... This makes me forgive the earlier very basic fart jokes because this is some very sophisticated fart joke. <laughs> Uh, work here. Uh, is is there such a thing, or is a fart joke just a fart? I joke? I think this is about as sophisticated as they come, and I did particularly like, you know, the master is sort of translating for for the audience, um, and then gets a little bit confused, and it and it it sort of cuts over to to Emma who says, "Oh, sorry, that was me." Yeah, <laughs> I I did like that gag. Right. So Emma asks, why are there chairs on a Dalek ship? Yep, yeah, a gag uh, which Moffat has genuinely reused. Yeah, I also like the later, yeah. isn't it? Is it Graham where he's like, why Why are there no chairs on the TARDIS? Yeah, it's true yeah. as well. And they used to be. It's not like the Doctor's mm. never had chairs on their TARDIS. Yeah, think about in the movie, McCoy's TARDIS mm. is just like a nice house. Yeah. So, when she asks that, the Doctor, of course, says, I'll explain later. Yeah. And the Daleks finally shoot the Doctor. Yeah. They shoot a control panel, they shoot the Doctor, and, of course, the only person that can fix the control panel is the Doctor, but he's dying. Mm. He regenerates into, we've talked about this, David, I hate Richard E. Grant. Yes. Yeah. But you'll, of course, be loving this. Like, oh, I love With Nail and I. What a great film. It's boring. It's rubbish. I hate it. Yes. Uh, I do like it. I do. I, I mean... Yeah. And, and as well, late 90s, he's got to be on your list, isn't he, for potential doctors. He'd have to be. And and, yeah. and this, whole, this whole sequence is just an exercise in kind of ticking them off one after the other. Is he that famous outside of Britain? I sincerely doubt it. No, because everyone's like, oh, one of the greatest actors of our time. What? What's he actually done? <laughs> I can pull up you his know. filmography if you like. Go on, let's go through it. We'll see if it's better than Alan Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's hard. That's a hard act to, to top, though, yeah. isn't it? Unless Richard E. Grant was in The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas, I'm not interested. Uh, all right, then. If it turns out he was, I'll apologise for everything bad I've ever said about Richard E. Grant. Let's see. I can't. I haven't seen it so far. Um, we've got uh, Spice World in 1997. Oh, David, I must apologise. Yes. Yeah. If if he's in the Spice Girls movie, then he he must be box office. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's in Garfield: A Tale of Two Kitties, playing the yeah. voice of Preston. A fitting punishment. <laughs> um, let me see. I'm. I'm he definitely is in, in the realm of just like actors who just like they get a lot of work yeah. he will turn like up and stuff 
Do you remember when we oh, talked about I Anne Cunningham? I completely forgot that he was in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. He was. Yeah. yeah. Playing Allegiance General Enric Pride. Wow. That's a terrible uh, film, that. That really well, is. It must be. It's got bloody Richard E. Grant in it. Ah, that... Honestly, that that really killed any momentum I had uh, for, for, for seeing any Star Wars-related stuff for a long time. I've actually only just started watching The Mandalorian. I watched the first couple of episodes the other day. Ah. Uh, how, how good's your memory, David? Uh, not brilliant. Why? Do you remember earlier today when you told me this was just going to be a short recording? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. Just, just a quick one. We'll just bash it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, I'm not complaining. I just thought, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not yeah. really happening, is it? Um, no. Sorry. I'm just going to close the door again now because the dog's finished uh, doing his business and it's very cold with it open. So sorry, Matt, because this is going to take you a hundred years to edit this one. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. Right. This is our 2022 Christmas episode, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Richard E. Grant, he's Lick the Mirror Hansen. Yeah. That's an unpleasant phrase, isn't it? Yeah, I'll tell you what's an even more unpleasant phrase. What's that? Nice tits. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? When I heard that, that just took me back to the vulgar, you know, late 90s, bloody cool Britannia. Yeah, it's very sort of lads mag, men behaving yeah, badly. I, I just, I, as soon as I heard that, I absolutely cringed. Yeah, and it doesn't get better from this point on, does it? No, this is... You know, if you're listening to this on Christmas Day, go go eat a Toblerone, because the rest doesn't get any any better. No. Right, so, says that to the Master, and the Daleks say, save us. You know, they want him to fix that broken panel. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Doctor tries to fix it, but blows up. Yeah. And reanimates into Jim Broadbent. Yeah. Do you know what? I didn't see that coming, but it's a nice surprise. It is. I wasn't entirely offended by that one yeah yeah it's a good one and and you know he's t he's he's the terribly shy incarnation yeah who attempts to fix everything but blows up again yeah. who turns into hugh grant yes now uh, how would you feel about an actual hugh grant doctor like jim broadbent i think we can all agree on he'd be He'd smash it. Uh, I feel Hugh Grant now is a better actor than he was when this was recorded. Oh, absolutely. When he, when he was just doing rom-coms all the time, and lest we forget, having sex with prostitutes, um, I, I don't think I'd have liked that version of The Doctor. No. But, I don't know, nowadays I could see it. But he's... He can bring the twinkle, is the thing, I think. Yeah, he's not without charm. Yeah. And uh, specifically, 
I, 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 I'm not joking here. Have you seen Paddington 2? No, but I... Isn't that like the best film on Rotten Tomatoes? It was for a long time, I think. It 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 had uh, like a 100%. Um, but yeah, Paddington 2, it just... It's... I mean, both the Paddington films are far better than they have any right to be. See, that's that's what I've heard. I've, again, I've not yeah. seen either of them. But genuinely, and... Matt, that they'll they'll definitely be on over Christmas. Mm. Treat yourself. But you will have a lovely time. Yeah, like people. Well, people such as yourself, whose opinion I trust when it comes to film and television, have mm. all told me you need to see this film. Yeah. I mean, they are basically like if Wes Anderson directed a kids' movie. Yeah. They they are just... They they are so charming, is the word. Just impossible not to like. And um, without giving the game away, in Paddington 2, Hugh Grant plays the villain, and he is having... The most fun I think I've ever seen an actor have oh, really? on screen. <laughs> yeah, he's just having an absolute ball, and I think in part because he's—it's an opportun- opportunity of him to firmly, um, sort of step away from the rom-com leading man persona thing. Yeah, it, you know, he's yeah. Um, he's uh, basically I I think. He's one of those examples of an actor where they're they're basically they're a character actor born with the misfortune to have leading man level good looks. Yes, yeah. Um uh so yeah, I I I genuinely be up for it. And you know what? RTD has a habit of casting actors that he's worked with before. And Hugh Grant was one of the leads of uh, a very English scandal. Mm-hmm. So it's not the most outrageous possibility at this yeah, point. You heard it, heard it here first, listeners. David shout for the next Doctor. Yeah. I mean, I I, I, I think it would be a massive mistake to uh, cast a white man yeah. as the fourteenth Doctor, but we, uh, you know, let's not open that can of worms, eh? Um, now the problem so, is, David, Hugh Grant's incarnation of the Doctor also gets shot and can no longer yes. regenerate. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Seeing the the Doctor's death, the Master renounces evil, and so does the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Until the Doctor regenerates again. Yep, here we go. This time, into the first incarnation of a female Doctor. Yes. That's a good pub quiz trivia question, isn't it? Yes. I mean, if you want to go full Doctor Who nerd, then um, there was a series of fan films done in the 80s where it was, I believe the actor was called Barbara Bernadetti or something like that, Um, which was the first serious attempt by anyone to do it, to do a female incarnation of the Doctor. Um, And I bet the fandom loves it because then I can't keep up. One minute yeah. they love female doctors, then they hate <laughs> them. You know. The thing is, it was weirdly, it probably would have been less controversial on the sort of convention circuit in the mid eighties than it, it was on on Twitter in uh, 
in the, the 21st century. Well, that's it. And that's there was, the... in 1999, there was no yeah. social media. People would yeah. have been going on their, like, WAP phones to go in chat rooms. <laughs> and, like, go, Joanna yeah. Lumley is not my doctor. Yeah. It, People it's writing very... to the letters page at the back of the TV Times. I mean, I, I guess it's held by the fact that it's it's ho-ho, just a bit of fun. Um, but, I mean, the, the only thought I really had during this was, I mean, well, one, I've been really enjoying Joanna Lumley's performance in Sapphire and Steel, and actually, with the right script, she would have been a fantastic Doctor. I have no doubt about that. Um, but secondly... Boy, oh boy, am I glad that Moffat didn't give us the first female Doctor. Mm. Sorry, can I just check? Are you watching Sapphire and Steel? Uh, uh, yes, is it, have I not mentioned it? No, before? you hardly ever bring it up. Why don't you talk about it more? Yeah. Uh, do you want to do a Do you want to do a Sapphire and Steel spin-off podcast, Matt? David, uh, words fail me for how little <laughs> I want to do that. There's times I don't even want to do this one. <laughs> Done everything in my power this year to shut it down, but people seem to love that even more. Yeah. Right, so Joanna Lumley thinks she's got Dalek bumps of her own. Uh-huh. But it's just her breasts. Yeah. Uh, and then she says, oh, is this the on switch on it? And that would be a nipple, David. Yeah. It's a great bit of banter. Uh, uh-huh. She's also thrilled by the sonic screwdriver. Oh, God. Now, David, I'm going to say something that's going to upset you, because it's not for Christmas Day. Okay. But whilst I've been doing the after show on YouTube... Yes. I I started a bit of a running gag, where... Basically, when when the guys are talking about Flux, because I haven't seen it, Mm -hmm. if they had a question, my job would be to Google the answer whilst they were chatting... Yeah. But then when I shared my screen, I always made sure I had something funny on it. So I had, like, the children's drawing of the Absorber Loft one week. Yeah. Uh, then I was just researching yogurts. But this week I thought, oh, won't it be funny if I put some Doctor Who erotic fan fiction on the screen? <laughs> I'll tell you this yeah. now, David. Do not go down that path. I wasn't planning on it. Do you know what? I, I know I always say I'm not a Doctor Who fan. But mm. Doctor Who doesn't deserve that. Some of the things I read would shock <laughs> you. Well, I mean, I, I, I know because of the reaction on Twitter that, that uh, recently there was an, an image an enthusiastic fan had drawn of uh, John Bishop's character Dan and his uh, and, and the big dog from Flux. Right, but, don't. Because uh, it's late. I'll be going to bed soon and that's all I'll be able to think about. Yeah. But, I've not I've not seen the image in question, but the, the the reaction was enough to make me think that that's that's not something I wish to seek out. No, I've um, I've I read one story, and that sonic screwdriver has done things that <laughs> I don't need to know. All right, they're hinted at it yeah. in this, and yeah. let's just say uh, I got the full story. Yeah. Okay. I do like the little joke where the master's now in love with the female doctor. And she's like, mm, "Why don't you? Why don't you tell me why they call you the master?" Turn, yeah. Turns out he's he's good at shagging, David. Yeah, that was that was the implication there. I mean, oh, it's sweet, I guess. And again, it does kind of 
it does weirdly tip a hat towards the sort of the deepening or or, or the more what new who does with the de- relationship between the doctor and, and the master is make it a little more explicit that, that 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 it's in some ways a sort of a tragic not a romantic love story but a sort of the 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 bond between friends that has kind of gone tragically wrong mm. as they've taken different paths um something that what had been sort of implied in classic who but not made not made as explicit i don't feel like uh some people might take me to task on that and might disagree but that's the impression i get i feel like new who is a lot more direct in in addressing that um but yeah um that pretty much does it doesn't it Mm. ties it up nicely yeah so uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, Merry Christmas again, listeners. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this little chat. Weird little bit um, of time travelling, because after this, David, I'm off to watch Black Orchid that we're recording two weeks ago. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we haven't done that one yet. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, and and uh, next week, listeners, you'll be listening to an episode which we recorded even longer ago than this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, next week we're we're having we're having New Year's Day off. Um, but as a special treat just to ourselves, we did our own take on Desert Island Discs. So, not a lot of Doctor Who chat on that one. A lot of music chat. Have you um, actually edited it? We're... Mostly. Most. I'm, record- I'm editing two podcasts a week. You've had a month with that. I'll tell you what it is, Matt. I got most of the way through editing it, and then. Um, uh, I, 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 I'm saved. I'm pr- pretty sure most of it. But then I had a crash on my computer, and I and I have I've dreaded reopening the files because I don't want to know how much I've lost. Get it done. I'll get it. I will get it done. I will. If Just... if that episode does not air on time, David, you know what you have to do, don't you? <laughs> what do I have to do, Matt? Well, it includes a pint glass mm-hmm. and some beans. Oh, you want me to drink a couple of beans out of a pint glass? I could do that. Mm. Very funny. Ha ha. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, do do. I hope I hope at least some of our listeners will enjoy uh, that one. I am aware, obviously, it's it's a big departure. Can I go off on a tangent, David? Uh, oh, why not? It's. Uh... I know it's very out of character for our party. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hold on. Let let me get this figure because this blew my mind today. Right, mm. so it's December the 1st. It is. Now, I don't use Spotify, but mm. if you do, at the end of the year, it tells you what you've listened to and how much you've listened to it. It does. Do you know what? Do you want to know what my number one artist for the year was? Go on. <laughs> the Wiggles. Right, you should be ashamed <laughs> of yourself. It wasn't out of my choice. It's just because we don't have a separate account for my son. Right. How much Wiggles have you listened to? Oh, God, too much. I can't even remember. Um, it was, yeah, it was too much. I mean, it outranked literally any other artist I listened to this year. Right. Well, it seems we were the number one podcast listened to by BT Flippity Giggard, mm-hmm. who listened to 90 episodes for 5,748 minutes. 
Good Lord. Seems a bit excessive, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Until you meet our friend James Swift, who listened to 165 episodes for 13,481 minutes. Good Lord, what are these people doing to themselves? Let's just do a quick sum. 13,000, if we divide that by 60, he's listened to 200 hours. (laughs) That's nearly, Uh, what's that? Nearly 10 days, solid. When you put it, when you put it into perspective like that, what, I mean, I I can only apologise. Yeah. Like, there's a whole world out there to be seen. There, not even that. There are better Doctor Who podcasts, everyone. Yeah, there's, there's a... There are, there are Doctor Who podcasts out there where both the hosts like Doctor Who. There's exactly 32 better Doctor Who podcasts. Oh, man. There was a ranking thing this week, David. Oh, We've yeah. We've moved up with yeah. 33rd best. That's baffling to me. And baffling. I'll tell you this. I, I, I know I might even bleep this out, but you know how I always say that I hate uh, Radio Free Scarrow as a bit of a joke? Yeah. I've got a genuine Doctor Who podcast enemy now. Oh, who's that? Yeah, someone I hate. I'll, I'll, ble- I'll bleep the name out because it's Christmas, but mm-hmm. I'll let you know, David, you can hear this. I hate the podcast. <laughs> Why do you hate them? <laughs> because this week... When we were putting tweets out saying, oh, do you want to join the after show and, like, watch us? The podcast just kept replying to every tweet from me, from the Cloister Bell, from everyone, just going, oh, why don't you listen to mine instead? Yeah. That's ungracious, isn't it? Yeah, like, at least send me a message and say, oh, is it okay if I promote my own? And I'd have probably said, yeah. But now... Anytime I see their tweets, I just block them. Yeah, fair enough. They're one um, of the big boys. What an absolute clown. I've never listened to them. Uh, I listened to it, and I'll tell you this for nothing, David. It was shit. <laughs> absolute shit. Um, I'm not saying we're good, but they absolute crap. And on that note, listeners, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone but the podcast. Uh, right, yes. And uh, do do join us ne- next week for our Desert Island Disc special. And then uh, normal service will be resumed the week thereafter when we will finally be diving into Series 12 of New Who. Um, but until then, as always, thank you so much for listening. And cheerio. Bye now. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.